Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome to the Channel Seed Studios. This is Firmly Entrenched, presented by Heartland Flags. I'm Jake Brend in Des Moines with Nick Oson up in Madison. Nick, how's your first week been, man? This is a little crazy, Jake. You know, we were we were really kind of finding our groove, uh, doing this thing in person. So this is different, but honestly, man, my my first week or so here, uh, you know, really just four or five days, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, you know, I miss I, I miss a lot of the things down there. You know, I miss you guys. I miss the fan base, but. Just walking into my first game at Camp Randall on Saturday and like within two minutes, you know, running into like an old neighbor, you know, an old teacher, things like that. It was it was pretty cool. You know, it's been a little bit surreal. Um, we'll, we'll touch on just a tiny bit of, you know, a Badger thing maybe at the end. But otherwise, mostly talking, you know, a little Iowa State and Big 12 football as we'll get into. Right, Jake? Yeah, you might be able to, to help Nate Shieldhouse implement the air raid. You've been... Hanging around Luke Fickle a little bit, watching watching some Badger football, maybe a little bit. I don't think maybe Iowa the Iowa State, State has staff. to go. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I. I know we're you know as usual. I think I'm a little behind you uh, in kind of a feeling on this in terms of a, a little less extreme as we'll touch on. But I, while I know the passing game has been you know really successful, actually, I don't think they've got to go full air raid. But yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see what. Iowa State does, and obviously Wisconsin implementing a new system now as well, my friend. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that today. We're going to talk what is wrong with Iowa State following a 10-7 to loss to the Ohio Bobcats. We're going to look ahead to a Sickos college football game, the Pokes of Oklahoma State travel into Ames, and then we're going to make some of our Big 12 picks. Hopefully this is the week. We, we both had a bit of a tough stretch last week, but as always, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Heartland Flags. You can see I'm wearing my Simpson College hat. I need to get my Simpson College flag back behind me. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. to me in Des Moines, to Nick up in Madison, to our listener Jim in Florida, if that's a real person. You can get yourself a Heartland flag. New products constantly. Every team, every sport, and every flag. Maybe I should get a Denver Nuggets world champions flag. You can really get anything as always thank you to heartland flags and nick let's just dive right on in to our reaction to the ohio loss it's been four days there's been a lot of time to digest it we've had a full media availability about it nick i just want to hear your thoughts from now afar um on iowa state's loss to the bobcats yeah absolutely jake you know so i 
I wasn't able to watch it live. Obviously, I'm I'm not on the beat, and you know, I was covering a different game at the same time. But like, trust me, I've been able to you know either see or just kind of catch up on some numbers, really kind of dive into you know things that that went wrong. And obviously, I tend to be you know an optimist with things. I, I had that in some of our notes as well. And while I will go on and say that I, I think that people. I've overreacted a little bit, and I think there were several people uh, just that I saw in my own kind of following um, that certainly maybe took things a little bit too far. And, and you know, there's some kind of levels of frustration and disrespect that I had really kind of seen. But all that to say, uh, you know, that that's a really, really, really tough loss to swallow. I think that we even acknowledged, I mean, we both picked Iowa State. I don't think either of us really disrespected Ohio with the pick. I know what I thought of them last year. I guess that, you know, their defense is better. It's not like they put up a ton of points offensively. But, Jake, I think for me and from what I've seen, it's just really tough to have kind of seen some of the moving the ball or some of the execution down the field but just not able to turn things into points and even you know a missed field goal or like possessions that were very close to scoring I think in games like that you know two seemingly really good defenses neither offense really impressed but in a game like that it is just kind of those smaller uh, moments and kind of details that add up and while I'm I'm far from using it as an excuse I actually more so just want to give credit to the young quarterback, Rocco Becht. I mean, for him to play a mostly really good game, I know that he had one of the best ratings that Iowa State has had all season, Jake, on some of the, the rating stuff that I did with Pro Football Focus and such. And he was playing sick, you know, talking about throwing up at halftime. And, and obviously, things are going around, bug, food poisoning. I believe it was more of a bug. But whatever that really may be, uh, props to him, you know, and, and for trying to gut through that you obviously hope that people get okay a little bit more quickly but while it's not an excuse i'm sure that hurt and credit to rocco for gutting through it i would say yeah no doubt rocco is i'll start with the positives or maybe positive <laughs> other than the defense rocco was i think the one takeaway um that you can say was good and just the in in the whole sense of the game he threw the two picks I don't really think either of them were entirely his fault. Still, still partly his fault. But you talk about throwing up at halftime. All credit to him because he was thrown up at halftime, went and played the second half. All the other Iowa State fans back home were thrown up at halftime too because of what we saw out of the offense. And something has to change. It's It's been three games and on on – on Saturday, 1.7 yards a carry, and Rocco had 31 of the 38. So you're getting seven yards out of your running backs. And say what you want about Iowa State's running back room, they're better than seven yards in the game against a MAC team. Whether or not there's a sickness going through the locker room, whether or not you're on the road, blah, 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 they're better than that. And I think it all just comes down to weighing – scheme and execution i agree that the way that iowa state's been playing is a good way to win football games in theory they've done it before they did it in 2020 
But there comes a point where when you're not executing or actually not even getting close to executing, you can't win that way. And I think what we'll see in the weeks ahead, it's going to determine really um, how the season ends up. If Iowa State continues to just rely on the offensive line improving and and they get up to that three and a half, four yards a carry, they might win one, two, three games. It, it could get that ugly. If they decide to, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put some trust in our young quarterback. Um, let's let him throw down the field. Let's use his weapons, Ben Bramer, Jaden Higgins. Let's get our athletes out in space and just see what happens. Then I could talk myself into a long shot, but they could still get to six wins with just how down the Big Twelve has been. Yeah. Is any of that too is any of that, I guess, too pessimistic? No, honestly, you know, Jake, I think that was that was really, really fair and well thought out. My question for you, you know, you usually direct kind of these questions with me, especially when I was on the beat. But but for you, you know, saying something has to change. I guess you you alluded to it a little bit at the end, you know, getting some of these young athletes in space, but not to, you know, put you as the coach or anything, but just from somebody that obviously, you know, you, you've shared how you grew up a fan. So like, there's yeah. that aspect. And also, you know, with your job with the news, if you could pick one or two things maybe to change or to kind of see a little bit more of offensively, where would you go with that if, if you had the chance? Because personally, and, and I'm going to respond, of course, but I'm not on this drastic side of things. I'm really not. But I want to add to what I could see, and I want to hear what you would change if you could, Jake. Yeah, I think you play every game like you play down 10-0 on the road at a max school. When you're forced to move the ball downfield, good things have happened so far. Rocco has only – he's thrown three interceptions this year. One of them was directly his fault. But for the most part, he's making really good decisions. Mm-hmm. His deep balls, he, he struggled a little bit with the accuracy, but they don't – I'm not saying they need to go and hit the home run, but a couple of those throws to Daniel Jackson, Jaden Higgins, those are good 20, 25-yard throws yep. that you're using more of the field. And I know that CW's talked a lot about this and, and going with pretty much the full air raid. I'm not going to go that far. But when Nate Shieldhouse says that they need to establish the run, I completely agree. I completely agree that you have to establish the run to win the football game, but you can use the pass. You can use the passing game, the short passing game, to establish the run. You don't need to do these nonsense counters, these nonsense zone reads where the quarterback's never keeping the ball. In the running back, I wish I could demonstrate it, but I'm in an office chair. There's a there's a huge difference between starting at the shoulder of your quarterback as a running back and having to create momentum, momentum like that instead of sometimes you should go under center. You could do a pitch outside. You're creating that momentum just naturally. Or on fourth and one, third and two, instead of having to create downhill momentum on a zone read, hand it off in I formation, go up the gut, You've already created that momentum two, three yards. And I think you see, I think that's just common sense. I, th- I think it's just a mix of poor O-line and just 
non-creative play calling where defenses are teeing up. It's like a it's like Fernando Tati sitting in the box in the ninth inning against a third baseman that's throwing sixty mile per hour ephesis. You're just you're just waiting for Iowa State to do his own read so you can blow the play up and turn it from second and ten to third and fifteen. And that is not a winning formula in any way. So sorry, long story short, I kind of rambled there. <laughs> Go down the field a little bit and maybe be a little more creative in the run game and play to your running back strengths. That that's what I would say. Yeah, Jake. So, I mean, we've done five or six of these episodes so far and, you know, we're generally like in agreement, kind of rolling. One of my favorite things that you have ever said just came in that short passing game. I, I think that's very smart because if you have a good quarterback and I think Rocco is a pretty good quarterback, I think he has the chance to be good to, to a really good uh, college football player. I think the short passing game can be kind of an extension of the run game. I think of, and I'm not equating these teams. It just happens to be a former Iowa State quarterback there. But I think of the San Francisco 49ers because obviously they can run the ball. That's been Boy. kind of a, a fixation and something that, you know, has kind of been consistent. Of course, it gets better with a guy like Christian McCaffrey. But I think it's something you've seen with the Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, Iowa State does not have that type of personnel. But I think it's something really smart and helpful. Now, I'm of the mindset, and again, I was not at this presser this week, these pressers, you know, I'm not covering that team anymore. But I think that people need to, I don't know, I guess it's hard for me to expect this from the common fan because everybody has, you know, their own lives and they're not necessarily media. But not everything that basically these these coaches are saying in these pressers, whether it's to be consistent, whether it's to have their guys' backs, whatever that's like, they're not just going to go out and reveal their game plan, if that makes exactly. sense, even if they are going to change some things. So do I think they're going to go air raid? No, I, I don't think the personnel is there. I don't think that would be smart. But I do think, I mean, I, I know for a fact, you know, how good this staff is and kind of the time that they put in. I was around it really for for two years here and there. And I think that there will be an ability to obviously know, okay, what's working, what maybe hasn't been, and where's kind of a middle ground? Because I don't think, and this is what I was going to add, Jake, I don't think it has to be a crazy switch in either direction. I, I think the fact that Coach Matt Campbell kind of called out the offensive line after the game, that's legitimate because he's not known for that. That That's a unit that specifically in the run game has to be better. Uh, but overall, you know, I mean, it's, it's easier for me to say this. I, I didn't grow up an Iowa State fan, and now I'm not covering the team. But just based on the Big 12 being weaker this year, I do think still highly of at least the majority of some of the personnel and some of the areas that need to be cleaned up. As we transition here in a few minutes – I'm not at the sky is falling yet like I know many people are. If this turns into one and three against one of the worst offensive teams in the country in Oklahoma State, and then you go into kind of the bulk of your schedule, like, sure, you know, have at your worries and concerns. But that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not encouraged, but I'm not at the level of discouragement, per se, that many seem to be. Let me take the doomsday approach. 
and I, I'm not saying that this is where I'm at or even if I agree with it, the the Campbell in the hot seat. I, I disagree with that because one, you need an athletic director who would actually make that move. Pollard has shown that he's going to stick with his coaches longer than most athletic directors. And I think when you're in a state like Iowa, when you're in a program like Iowa State, I think that's a good thing. And season tickets are still selling at a record number. Until you see a drop in that, I don't think there's going to be a change made. And I don't think there should be a change made. But the argument for it, since 2020, you've got 2021, 22, and bearing a miracle come around in 23, that is three straight, what I would consider overwhelming, disappointing seasons. 2021, you return pretty much an entire Fiesta Bowl roster. You go seven and five. Um, because you lost in the margins. 2022, I think the expectations got reset after beating Iowa and going 3-0 mm. to start the season. But those those expectations got sky high and then plummeted to a 4-8 and season. And, the, and then this year, I think everybody was pretty optimistic about, obviously, the defense, and they should still be optimistic about the defense. But you get a whole new staff. Can't be any worse than last year, right? So the the overall trajectory of the football program has been trending down since literally the pinnacle of Iowa State football. So do I see fans' frustrations? Absolutely. Do I think that merits a coach being fired? No, because there's been one coach that has brought Iowa State from rock bottom to a New Year's Six win, and that's Matt Campbell. And he did that mostly at the start without a lot of his own players. Now he's recruiting at an all-time high for Iowa State. If there's one guy that deserves a chance to right the ship, it's Matt Campbell. And I don't think that my opinion would change if they lost out this year. If, if they finish 1-11... I still think, you know what, Campbell deserves a chance to right the ship next year. You you lose your next 20 games, all right, let's have a conversation. But for now, you're, you're 15 games removed from Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Charlie Kohler. You deserve a shot to be able to rebuild this program. Yeah, Jake, you know, for me, I mean – you were taking the doomsday approach, which, you know, I, I totally understand. And you laid that out there for me, anybody that is kind of suggesting uh, that, or like that actually thinks that something like that would be for the betterment of the program. Uh, truly. I, I feel doesn't understand kind of the current state of college football and what Matt Campbell and this coaching staff have done here, because now being removed from Iowa State the last couple of weeks and just kind of getting a look into like other programs and just the national landscape. I'm telling you how kind of impressive it is what they have done there. I, I love Iowa State fan base. You know, it, it welcomed me. It was incredible. It was so loyal. But I'm telling you that would, yeah, it would not be a smart move. Now I can say quite confidently and, you know, feel free to save this clip, Aiden, and, and come back at me if this 
doesn't happen, and, and I do you know, think I'm pretty confident in this, they're not going to lose out. You know, I see them winning this weekend, so I think they'll be back to two and two. And then, like you said, maybe kind of fighting for a bowl, whatever. But though it's not an excuse, I, I don't think you can fairly talk about this season without some of the gambling aspects. I'm not saying every player involved was going to be all conference. I'm not saying that. And I will even say there should be expectations next year uh, in, in, you know, in a good way, in a positive light, just with so many young, talented players expected to return. But if that was ever the decision and it was made, I guess, outside of uh, Coach Campbell's control. So basically, you know, you're, you're saying that if he were to lose the job or something like that, I can't tell you how crazy I think that would be in a in a bad way it would be to me very undeserving and i just hope that there's reason to be upset and, and to want more you know for iowa state right now as fans i totally get that but i guess where i'm at is just kind of from an outside point of view here just a week removed i feel that these expectations have been raised so much because of this staff and the success that they have had and some of the best players that have come through. Because from my understanding, there wasn't kind of this, you know, overwhelming football success. There were individuals, of course, but, you know, season by season. And again, they're not going to go 1-11. and You know, I, I think they're going to clean some things up and, and get a little closer to that, you know, 500-type range long term. But like you said, you were taking the doomsday approach, and I would be shocked and in heavy disagreement if that happened, my friend. Yeah, and I think before we we get to Oklahoma State, we should talk a little bit about Matt Campbell's interaction with the fan post game. He, in his availability yesterday, apologized for it, said he needs to control his emotions. Personally, I thought it was a bad look, but I'm also a fan of coaches being human. And I think that when Matt Campbell got to Ames in 2016, that's what people loved him for from the start was he was genuine. He was, he was human. And even as, as close as 2020 after they won on the road at Texas and he's crying in the post game interview, talking about how proud he is of this team. It feels like since that moment, something has changed to where it's a robotic approach to media. It's There's been a couple different shots, maybe not shots is the right word, but a couple different just jabs at the fan base, this incident. And I, I don't know if the stress of rebuilding and, and the stress of that 2021 season has changed how Campbell approaches things or if it, if it genuinely has just taken a toll on him, but it's been interesting watching some old clips. And even back in 17, when he said only BS programs care about going six and six compare that to now, I just think there's been a bit of a change. Yeah. You know, that's an, that's an interesting point, Jake, because obviously that was before, you know, some of my time, but like I, I'd heard, uh, you know, similar things just in terms of like that, that heavy emotion before, you know, I, I think coach Campbell, I, I think he handled it uh, well at, at the presser, you know, kind of 
with that brief answer. Um, you know, in, in discussing it, like obviously, you know, that wasn't a perfect handling of things, of course. Uh, I also, you know, kind of hate uh, fans like that, that kind of do things to just, yeah, you know, basically to, to mess with people. And I know I'm kind of an overly uh, naive, you know, kind thinker with things like that. I understand there are people like that out there and, you know, to each their own. I, I think it's lame, but, you know, I think it was good. I think he handled it very well. And, and I guess I would say the media aspect that you mentioned, Jake, is really interesting because I didn't get to see as much of that uh, before these last couple seasons. I still think that, you know, the the culture and the emotion and the connection, I think they're all there. Like, frankly, some of the, the takes that I'd seen about, uh, you know, kind of what happened the last couple of weeks, I think they, they were a little more uh, blown up and, and things like that than really needed to be. Frankly, I think this really comes down to football, Jake, like not the thing with Campbell, but what's going yeah. on with, with the, you know, the program question mark, like, I think they're missing some guys. I think that the the bug that didn't help, you know, I think they're certainly a better team than Ohio, but I will say, because I don't want to be, you know, I was just on this beat for two years. I don't want to just be throwing out, you know, rainbows and, and butterflies. Like as we kind of transition here to this weekend's games, this weekend will tell me everything I need to know about this game this team and really I'm partially intrigued how the fans show up too, Jake. Yeah. It would not shock me if it was not a great crowd. And I, I can't blame anyone if they don't want to go to the game Saturday. If, especially if you've been that fan that's been petitioning to see something else, see something new and you haven't seen that yet. I can't blame someone for not going. I think Iowa state fans will show up. It's going to be uh, – actually, I don't know if it's going to be a nice day. I think it's going to storm. Last I, think it I heard, was. Last I heard at, at Local 5. But um, it'll be interesting to see how fans show up as we move into our Oklahoma State preview. We're in the Channel Seed Studios. And this is an absolute must win for Iowa State in, in every fact of the matter whether it's just for, like you said, attendance purposes. If Iowa State comes out, approaches this game just like they've approached the Ohio game, the Iowa game, fans are going to be restless from the start. And if they lose that, I don't think fans are showing up the rest of the year. If they come out, they try to attack things differently, get a win. I think you're going to see more of that optimism and I know personally, if they come out and the offense looks better because they're they're going downfield a little bit more, they're they're switching up the play calling, I'm gonna get a real 2017 type feeling when they changed the defense from uh, whatever they were doing to the now three three five stack that's really revolutionized college football. So that that's another thing we, I guess we didn't talk about, but it's been mentioned. Is that Iowa State has made drastic changes in season before. So when, when it comes to Oklahoma State, they're terrible. I've I've been selling on them all year. I can't take full credit for it just because Chris Williams is the first person in the world to sell his Mike Gundy stock. But it seems like it's his last year. 
and uh, the ship looks like it's going down hard. They've played three quarterbacks, all with 25-plus passing attempts. They don't know what they're doing there. They just got run off the field on their home turf by South Alabama. This is the most winnable game remaining on Iowa State's schedule, and you have to get that. Whether the whether the expectation has shifted from bowl game to just look competent or the expectation is still bowl game, this game is essential to getting the six wins. Yeah, you know, this – I probably already would have had it a must win uh, because Oklahoma State's not good this year. But especially after this loss uh, to Ohio, you know, you have to win this one. It just – obviously, I think part of kind of the fan reaction will come down to how they look too, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the offense. Like, does the defense continue its dominance? and? You know, I, I really respect how good this defense has still been. It, it's really been incredible. You don't want to kind of see just simply falling back on the defense like we saw for 10 or 11 games last season. And again, Oklahoma State is not good. So while I do kind of get the sense from the outside uh, that the expectations from the fan base and, and things like that are certainly shifting from maybe a, a team that we expected, you know, five, six, seven wins, it's a winnable game. Iowa State is favored. Again, I, I don't think there are these drastic changes that do need to be made. It's at home. Do I expect every seat to be filled? Maybe not. But I, I think the fans are going to show up. I think it's it's an opportunity to still kind of, you know, it's clearly been a tough week for the team uh, to kind of show that backing and that support and just see what the Cyclones are able to do with Kind of essentially their backs against the wall right now. Absolutely. And you talk about the the defense. This is a point I haven't made yet, but I always found it fascinating and interesting last year when I was on the Iowa beat and their offense was terrible, similar to Iowa State's this year. And their defense was out of this world. Unbelievable. I always wondered how hard it was for a defense to still go out there every snap, every possession, Maybe not for Iowa State's case, but and maybe not for Iowa, Iowa's case either, but when your offensive staff isn't even trying to do anything, when they're just playing it so safe and let's let the defense handle this, I think that's an interesting thing for John Haycock, for the defense. How long can you keep that up? Because we, we even saw it on Saturday. I'll go back to the Ohio game a little bit. They allowed 10 points. You can't critique, critique them. They did struggle containing Rourke at points, and they did struggle on third down at points. And it was the typical bend but don't break Haycock defense. But eventually when you're having your offense out on the field for just 47 plays and your defense out there for almost 70, eventually it's going to be hard to play defense. So that's not related at all to this Oklahoma State game. I just thought that was that was an interesting thought. Yeah, no, it's something that's talked about even in the NFL. You know, I hear commentators say it once in a while, or I see tweets about it. It's basically just like how, when does kind of the the human side, you know, of things set in, whether that's just fatigue mentally, physically, or just basically like, hey, when are our teammates going to kind of match what we're doing? But I don't get that sense, uh, you know, at Iowa State. I think that everybody's pretty close. You know, I think that people understand, uh, new to things, younger players, you know, areas that haven't had as much 
of this type of success, you know, and not used to it yet and, and are still trying to find it. But Saturday is a must win. I don't throw that around. I, I think that they have to win. I think they will win. And frankly, yeah, o- Oklahoma State is just, they're really bad. You know, Iowa State has not been great, but you know that you have one of the top defenses, at least in the Midwest, at least in the conference. I still think there's positives here and there. I'll be curious to see how the offensive line performs, as, as I know specifically in the run game that really hurt against the Bobcats last weekend. And, you know, how do things maybe shift then if it's back to two and two? All right, are we kind of back hoping for a bowl game? Is it still you know, take this thing week to week. I'm really curious, but I, I think that while it may not be perfect and, and pretty and, you know, the bug's been going around, Jake, I see, I see a much more successful game day Saturday for Iowa state. Yeah. And we, we've mentioned a lot, but it all comes down to how ISU changes, if at all. And I, I think, I think they'll make a change on offense. I'm not sure that's 100% just just a hunch, but I I think they will. And you mentioned expectations. At this point, the expectations obviously will change, win or loss. But if it's an 8-6 win, (laughs) offense looks terrible, I don't think expectations are going to change at all. You go out there, win 21-3, to show some competency on the offensive side of the ball. Sure, six wins is gettable. And obviously, if you lose, it's uh, the sky will be falling next week this time on Firmly Entrenched. Right now, the, the line on Circus Sports Iowa, or I guess the last I checked was three and a half points Iowa State's favored by with the over-under at 36 and a half. That's a low line. <laughs> It is. I mean, if I if I recall correctly, that's just about the same as it was uh, for the Cyhawk game. I think yep. that was thirty seven, and you know, I I understand it, right? I, I think totally. Oklahoma State has somewhat of an average defense. Iowa State is obviously really good, deep, you know, athletic, active. Uh, neither of these offenses has looked great. Hasn't been a ton of scoring at Jack Trice, really in general for the Cyclones. Certainly not this year. And, yeah, I mean, I, I get why it's so low. I, I think it's a very fair line for Iowa State. I think it opened at two and a half or three. I yeah, think that's and fair. And, you know, while I don't expect there to be wholesale changes or anything like that, like this is a good coaching staff at Iowa State. If the run game is not working, I do not see them trying to kind of force it and get any yards they can, especially – when this kind of gets later in the game, you know, I think that there's going to be a sense of trusting what's been working, which seems to be Rocco. I think that there's going to be choosing the run game in, in better spots. Uh, and I just get the sense that, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it needs to be said how important it is. I think that there's not even really a positive or, or possible excuse that kind of could uh, come out of this one, but Again, I I really think that just on the field football wise, like not only is it winnable, but I don't see Iowa State letting this opportunity at home fall through their hands. Yeah, you want to give a score prediction before we get into our Big Twelve segment? 
Yeah, absolutely. I will go with, and I, I like the low scoring. I like Iowa State in like a 17 to 10 type game. You know, I think they get a couple touchdowns. I don't think Oklahoma State scores a ton, but I don't expect it. Let me go 20 to 10. 20 to 10, Iowa State. All right. I'm going to go. I don't know, man. I I can see you. You're like, you're like struggling a little bit, even for kind of some of the, you know, the encouragement and the positive side. And I don't blame you. It's just kind of an observation because normally when we get to this part, like, you know, you're, you're juiced up, you're ready. Hey, Nick, this is my prediction. Like, let's go. So I, it hurts me to see you like that a little bit, my friend. <laughs> no, no. I, I would say Oklahoma State games are always just weird. No matter what, they're always weird. There's always something that, like a couple of years ago, Ishim Young got ejected for targeting early in the game. That was 2020. And then you go from the middle of the field being a strength for Iowa State to Oklahoma State just tax the middle of the field. Every single play, they beat them. That's Iowa State's only Big 12 loss, blah, blah, blah. 2011, Oklahoma State wins. They go to the national championship. Iowa State somehow comes back from, from 24 down to beat them. So to say that I'm confident in this game and Iowa State winning in a score prediction, that's uh, not even close. <laughs> but I'm going to say that Iowa State wins 16-10. to 10. Okay. And you can clearly see the confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick. It's jumping off the screen. I, and that all comes back again. I, I don't know if Iowa State's going to change. I, for their sake, I hope they change. But as we know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. So if Iowa State goes out there, first drive, runs it up the gut two times, I'm going to get on my Circus Sports Iowa app and live bet Oklahoma State money line. But, oh, jeez. <laughs> no. no. If, if they come out, if they come out first plays a post route to Ben Bramer, and I'm like, all right, they, they've gotten a change of heart and they've realized that you've got to adapt your personnel and that's how they're going to win games. But predictions aside, we're just going to have to see how that happens on Saturday. And if you are going to bet the game, Please bet it on Circus Sports Iowa. The highest limits, the lowest holds, and the best odds. Sports betting the way it should be. Download the app on the App Store or go to circusports.com. And let's talk about the Big 12 a little bit. We had a rough, we had a rough week. Yeah. You we went, did. I believe. Don't remind me. It was bad, man. It was bad. Yeah, I, I won't remind you then. I I had a one and two week. I I went with Iowa State. I should just pull it up. I uh, did not come prepared for my uh, my post mortem. <laughs> I had Iowa State, which I thought was a lock. K State. Uh, that was a weird game, losing to Mister Mavis's younger brother, and then I was right on Wyoming against Texas, which, which I felt good about, but it, before we get into our picks, is there anything in general in the big 12 that you want to talk about in regards to the last week of non-conference play heading into this week? Yeah. You know, I, I would really just say, 
that Kansas State game was an entertaining one. And I think that the future of the Big 12 just continues to get more exciting in terms of some of these uh, some of these teams that will be added. And, and I guess I know we're going to focus on our Big 12 picks, but Jake, what an incredible college football weekend that is oh, coming. Baby. I mean, I can't normally, wait. <laughs> normally this type of stuff gets, you know, overhyped a little bit, but this one, you know, I'm fortunate I'm on the Badgers beat now. So I'm fortunate the game's Friday, Friday night game. So I'll actually be able to enjoy some of Saturday. There's some big, big time games and just a couple that, you know, I'm really excited about. So there's, there's going to be a big 12 connection here and one not. Of course, Deion Sanders, coach Deion Sanders, Colorado and Oregon. Oregon's probably going to win comfortably, but still, just all the excitement around that program. I just think it's fun. I, I really do. And prime time. Know, he was an incredible player, and it's cool to see this early success. I, I think, I think it's just fun to root for for me. Uh, and then Ohio State, Notre Dame, big time programs. Uh, Notre Dame was one of my favorite college football teams growing up, so I, I'm excited for that one, Jake. You know, just ahead of our Big Twelve picks. Yeah, so moving into the Big 12, the first game that I'm going to play is OU minus 14 and a half on the road at Cincinnati and the Bearcats. Big 12 debut. OU is rolling since he's bad coming off of a shocking loss at home to a max school, Miami of Ohio. OU just beat a similar team, an American team, SMU by 17. Say what you want about Cincinnati. I think they're still an American team. Give them some time to adjust to the Big 12. I think this is the type of game that OU goes in and puts it away comfortably in the first quarter. The second game that I'm going to play is the under in Central Florida at Kansas State. It's set at 53 and a half. And Central Florida has played one real game so far. It was at Boise State. They won that one 18 to 16. Still no John Reese Plumley, their quarterback, who I, I don't know if he's a good quarterback, but man, is he a fun quarterback. He he's he's an electric running dual threat type QB. And then again, UCF is 16th in the country in scoring defense. That's the second in the Big 12 behind OU. That's even ahead of Iowa State. So combine all of that with with K-State probably trying to ugly up the game at home in their opener coming off of a tough loss. I think this is going to be like a, a 27-20 type game, and that'll, that'll hit the under comfortably, in my opinion. And we'll finish with BYU getting nine points at Kansas. I think Kansas has fooled everybody with the flash and the beautiful offense and killing Illinois. Let's talk about the Cougars. They went on the road and beat Arkansas by seven. I think KU's a better team than Arkansas, but still, you're getting more than a touchdown of a cushion in a game that I very well think BYU could win. I think that might be my lock of the week. I'd still probably pick KU coming off of a too-close-to-be-comfortable win over Nevada. But, man, nine points is a lot. And I know it's BYU's first Big 12 game, but I feel really comfortable taking the Cougars there. Yeah, Jake, you know, I'm not copying too many of your picks, but I love your breakdown, specifically that last one. Uh, You know, that was a really impressive win 
for that program. I, I think Arkansas, not the best Arkansas team we've seen, but still really good win. I, I would think the Jayhawks can win that at home, but would definitely take that side. For me, you know, I, I hope the Cyclones fans like this. I'm going with Iowa State. You know, when I put this, it was it was minus three. So Iowa State minus three hosting Oklahoma State. I gave plenty of reasons earlier. Backs against the wall type spot. I really do still think they are at least as good, if not the better team. It's at home. I think that some things will get cleaned up. And frankly, I really do still trust that defense. So I got ISU. I'm going to ride with you on one of these, Jake. OU. And I'm going to give right. myself. It's early. It's very early. I'm going to give myself and us a little bit of credit since I think our first show, we've been really high on the Sooners. I understand that wasn't a crazy tough pick, but I've even been impressed with how they've looked. I mean, the offense has just been seamless. It's been one of the best in the country. You mentioned the scoring defense note. Just about any chance I will likely roll with them. I think it could be a buy low spot for Houston, but my final pick of the week, just, just for this one week, uh, just because it's my first full week here and we've got a little bit of Friday night lights. I'll be traveling to West Lafayette for Purdue. Badgers take on oh, Purdue. Baby. Wisconsin is favored by about six, at least the last time I saw. And while I think it's going to be a really fun, high-scoring game to kind of open up conference play there, I think the Badgers found a little bit of something these last couple weeks. So, obviously, I'm not actually making any of these, but just for the show, that would be my third pick. Again, I'll mention the Houston side as well. And, you know, we're grateful for everybody tuning in, still going live every week like we have been. Just a little bit of a different format. You know, I don't get to be as close to my guys, Jake, and and our great producer, Aiden. But I think we're still hitting on a lot of the same things, and we are very grateful again. Did Aiden fall asleep? I haven't. I haven't heard from him all show. I think, I think he left early actually today. <laughs> I'm there here. There he is. He's awake. He's awake. I'm I'm back. Sorry, I've been digging into the Bible. Oh, Mike Leach's book. Did, Swing your sword. Just, so not did, locked in with us. I guess we didn't need any help today. <laughs> no, no omissions or errors then, Aiden. Did nope, did you got a perfect C- show. Ten out of ten. Did Boss CW give you a like a homework assignment? No, you this was paid, uh, do you only get a right? Yeah, I, I don't get paid until I finish the book. Yeah. Well, uh, how is it? How, how many chapters are you in? I One. haven't started it yet, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, so read the back cover, and Aiden, if if you're Nate Shieldhouse, how are you turning Iowa State into an air raid offense in five days? Uh, Have you ever played call up Hell Mummy? Call up Hell Mummy. Could we could we get reins. how could we get how mummy on Iowa State staff as like what was that what was that what was that Rams guy as a special need or uh, special teams uh, that was bad special teams uh, <laughs> consultant <laughs> get, yeah he get, can be the the air raid consultant John John uh, Bonamago I believe yeah he uh, really did a lot for the special teams clearly but uh, is he still on staff. I that was a question for you, Nick. Is he? Uh no, 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 no. Oh, he's not. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah That's no why we don't bring uh, producer Aiden on too much. <laughs> Jake starts to get a little distracted. So yeah, get back to reading. Thank you, Aiden. Well, uh, 
That was Aiden Wyatt, our producer. I don't believe we have anything else to cover. You're uh, heading to Indiana tomorrow. Is that right? Yes, sir. Busy week. Yeah, I'll do a little bit more work tonight. Uh, then heading out to West Lafayette. Never been there before for a Friday night game. And I'll hopefully be able to have an eye on plenty of the top Big 12 and other national type games on Saturday as I continue to kind of get unpacked here, Jake, here and just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Still a little you, bit of crazy for me. Will you travel more then with Wisconsin than you did for Iowa State? Just because think, the Big Ten's more, I, I guess, centralized? Yeah, it actually it actually is. I You know, I think for the most part, Jake, I'll be able to be at just about every football game. You know, I was looking ahead for sure through October. And then, like you mentioned, it, it's very centralized, uh, which is a nice thing. You know, obviously, there's a lot of excitement around this program right now. A uh, two-and-one. And again, just like, you know, Iowa State and so many of these teams we've talked about, opening conference play this week. I'm honestly excited. I, I haven't really had the opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, cover my my alma mater as a professional now, not just a, a student reporter. So it'll be cool, and I'll be sure to report back uh, next week. Yeah, I guess centralized for now. Not a yeah. For not now. when you make a trip to Eugene next year. <laughs> that's far from central. Well, that's gonna wrap it up here at firmly entrenched in the firmly entrenched in the Channel Seed Studios, presented as always by Heartland Flags. We'll be back same time next week. Not in person, but we'll be talking over the phone. But live, we'll keep it rolling. Thank you. Iowa everywhere.